You know, there's a saying out there that success leaves clues. From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today, on episode 128 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with the president of Amspirit Business Connections, Frank Agan. Frank is someone who has experienced the benefits of unexpected clues to future success. When he left his lucrative job on December 31st, 1994, Frank never would have predicted what becoming a self-employed attorney would eventually lead to. Stay with us to hear all the details. Unexpected clues often prompt questions that we pose to ourselves and that are difficult for us to answer on our own. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, answers to your burning questions, and the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Now let's welcome Frank Egan. Frank is president of Amspirit Business Connection, which empowers entrepreneurs, sales representatives, and professionals to become successful through networking. He also hosts the Networking RX podcast, which has insights and interviews related to better business relationships. Frank is the author of several books, including Foundational Networking. Frank, welcome to the show. David, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Frank, when did you leave employment? I left employment December 31st, 1994. Funny how you remember the exact date. I do. (laughs) I I do. (laughs) Scariest moment of my life. Yeah? Why was that? Well, it's just, you, it's the great unknown. You believe in yourself. You, you know, that's why you do it. But I think there's always that little shadow of a doubt. You know, there's that little imp on your shoulder that's just kind of pulling you back. And I tell my wife all the time, I said, you know, and my boss just happened to be out of town that week or, you know, the holidays, right? He was out. If, if he would have just nudged me a little more, I probably would have stayed. But he, he didn't. And um, I left. And you know, it's like jumping out of a plane. You can't jump back in, right? It's done. Why did you leave? Just didn't have a passion for it. I was a tax consultant. It was a great job. It was great pay. It was great everything. The people were great. The clients, prestige, everything. But I just didn't want to do taxes. I didn't want to, you know, it was it was not mine. It just wasn't mine. Takes a lot of courage. Yeah. When you're doing something, everything about it is great. You're making good money. You're living a good life. And you jump out of the plane into the unknown. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. How did your business evolve since then? Well, you know, I tell people, I was this, I was this tax consultant. Again, great job, great pay. Decided to leave. And in all honesty, I gave myself, it, you know, it wasn't a decision where you wake up, I'm miserable, I'm leaving tomorrow. I kind of laid some groundwork, saved some money kind of thought through what it is I wanted to do, talk to some people who were doing it. I, you know, I figured my next best step would to get in would be to get into the private practice of law. And so, you know, January 1, 1995, I'm out on my own. Of course, nothing happened on January 1, but that next week, I'm raring to go. 
But I tell people that a funny thing happened to me when I went into private practice. And the funny thing was that nothing happened. I had no idea how to get clients. I worked in this big firm where they invited you down to the office six days a week, seven days if you wanted to work. And the business was there. And uh, you worked and they billed for your time and everything was great. It doesn't work that way in the entrepreneurial world. It's not a, if you build it, they will come sort of a thing. So I struggled, David, for about a month. I was totally afraid that I was going to fail. And I would, every day, would just kind of sit and try and figure out how I could get business. And it's complicated as an attorney because you're really not allowed to call people. Certainly during the mid-90s, there, you know, it was you didn't advertise. And I wanted to be a business attorney. So I'm not going to be doing the personal injury attorney type commercials. I had lunch one day with a friend of mine who had taken a different path out of law school and she had gotten into her own firm. And I asked her, I said, what do I need to do to not fail, to be successful, to make this work? And she said, you need to get into a leads group or a tips club. And I really didn't know what she was talking about, but through a couple introductions, she introduced me to a gentleman who was running an organization. I'm in Columbus, Ohio, was based out of Pittsburgh. For those who are familiar, it was very similar to BNI. One category, meet every week, learn about each other, exchange referrals. And when I sat down at that first meeting, it made total sense that you could lift up your whole world by helping other people become successful and just trusting that they would do it in return. So it didn't happen immediately, but at least I could start to see a pathway to becoming successful, that I needed to find ways to help these people. And it's very easy to talk somebody else up and it's really hard to self-promote. So I started going out and networking with people. And in that process, I wasn't limited to talking about me. I had these other people. I had telecommunication consultants and accountants and payroll people and mortgage lenders that I could talk about and find out what other people's pain points were and refer them. And in return, those people were doing the same things for me. So to make a, and we could certainly get into the details, but at one point, I had an opportunity to become the organization's first franchisee. So I wasn't just a member all of a sudden. I was somebody helping to grow the organization. And then in the early 2000s, I had an opportunity to buy the organization. And uh, that's what I did. And I stopped the practice of law. So my law practice evolved quite a bit. Yeah, I'll say. So let's fast forward to today. You're running this networking organization. You know, as, as you and I have have discussed previously, it's a great kind of organization for consultants and other professional service businesses. And, um, you know, as you just described, you can be really good at what you do, but if you don't have a way to bring in new business, you're not really running a business. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's a challenge with, well, that's a challenge with everybody. Unless you're leaving somewhere and taking clients with you, which happens less often than people think. I mean, business people aren't dumb. They're not going to bring you in, allow you to build up a book of business and walk with it. And I had a non-compete as well. I couldn't take clients with me. So that's a challenge. It's a challenge for a lot of businesses out there. Right. So if you're really good at what you do, you leave employment, you know, similar to the way your story unfolded. 20 plus years of experience in corporate or some other organizational life. Yep. You basically, you're out on the street and you, you need clients. What do you need to do? 
Well, what I did was, and, and I think the to preface all of this, you need to do some pre-planning. You need to look at your debt situation. And I did. I looked at, okay, what are my expenses? What kind of money do I have saved? I spent a couple of years putting money aside, not tens of thousands of dollars, but certainly thousands of dollars. I had student loans. I had a, a car loan. I had rent. You know, th- I figured out what I needed to cover and what I needed to have coming in. And I was very conservative as to the types of, and I didn't have a great car. I didn't have a, I didn't have a great apartment or anything like that. So I wanted to kind of give myself a bit of a runway. I didn't want to put pressure on myself that first month out of the gate to replace my income. And I was thinking it's going to take me a year or so to kind of replace my income. And what I started to do is I just started to get out and talk to people. You know, there's a saying out there that success leaves clues. And so, like I said, I was talking with other attorneys, trying to figure out what they were doing. And that's what landed me in that meeting with the with the one attorney in particular. But I was finding out different things that people were doing and, and learning. And also meeting with people who were what I'll call centers of influence, other people in business. And I would, for example, I met with a banker and I just said, I want to just learn about you, learn about the types of clients you work with. And I shared with him, I'm building a legal practice. And I know that a lot of my clients are going to have banking needs, especially some that are just getting started. And I want people in, I want people that I can refer clients to. And everybody was willing to have that conversation because they saw in it an opportunity for themselves. And I was genuine about it. I was certainly going to share those opportunities. And that's, you know, one person introduces me to the next, to the next. And the next thing you know, you, you've got a couple clients and then clients introduce you to other clients. And once you have clients, then it becomes easier. The first client's always the hardest. The first one's always the hardest. And just to kind of understand how it all works and, you know, but once you have that, then you really kind of have a vision as to what you're looking for. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the emotional state of consultants when they're first out on their own, right? Especially when because I'm sure you you deal with a lot of these people now in your organization. Like one of the things that I, I hear from consultants is, well, I don't know what to put on my LinkedIn profile. I'm no longer the vice president for marketing at XYZ Corporation, and I haven't sold anything yet to a consulting client. I'm not sure exactly what people are going to want to buy from me. I have a lot of great skills, and I can solve lots of different kinds of problems, but I'm not quite sure what to say. And that leaves that also leaves leaves them feeling kind of unsure of where they are. Yeah, that's a challenge, you know. And that was a challenge for me when I first started out in the practice of law. I didn't know what direction I wanted to go. I just wanted to go in a direction of success. And so people would ask me, "What type of law do you want to practice?" And I never wanted to commit because I didn't because I felt if I committed, I might be cutting out opportunity. But in the end. What I ended up becoming successful at was the thing that probably made most sense in the beginning. I was somebody with a law degree. I had an MBA. At that point, I had a CPA as well. I started to become very proficient in helping people buy and sell businesses. I didn't move in the direction of bankruptcy. I knew nothing about it. I didn't want to do divorce. I didn't want to do personal injury. And so it just made sense that I head in that particular direction. 
And if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have doubled down on that right from the start because it would have narrowed the types of people that I was meeting with. You know, if I knew I didn't want to do bankruptcy and I was just committed, I wasn't going to do bankruptcy, I would stop trying to meet with those sorts of people. I think for your audience, people listening, if you're considering making a move, what do you see doing that would make you happy 60 hours a week? Because then and ultimately that's what it is. I mean, it's not always working, but you're, you're thinking about it, driving down the street, raking your yard, you're thinking about it and you have to think about, okay, what's going to make me happy? Because if, if you're willing to do that, you're, you know, you're going to invest your energy in it. Part of the problem with being a tax attorney is I didn't, I didn't have a passion for reading the tax code on my spare time. I did have a passion for really understanding why and how businesses worked and picking up Inc. Magazine or Entrepreneur or something like that and, and really digging into it or meeting with a banker and finding out what was going on in the business community. You know, what was happening, who was selling, who was doing what. So you really kind of have to ask yourself, okay, what is it that I really want to do? And that's part of the legwork on the front end before you quit. Obviously, if somebody is asked to leave, you know, that that just ramps up their timeline, uh, gives them a shorter runway to deal with, but it doesn't prevent them from saying, you know what, I'm going to take two, uh, two weeks, go on a lot of long walks and really think through what I want to be doing, what'll make me happy and what I'm good at. Are there particular things you can do as part of that self-reflective process that you've seen work well? Yeah, certainly talk to other people who are out there doing things. And I was reluctant at first, David, because I was afraid like, oh, people are going to shun me because I'm going to be the competitor. And it was anything but the truth. And there are a lot of attorneys out there. There are a lot. And every one of them couldn't be more gracious with their time. I remember meeting with an estate planning attorney who said, yeah, you know, if you get a client, you have questions, you call me, I'll help you. You know, other attorneys who, you know, offered space in their office or offered, you know, insight, you should do this, you should do that. In the reality, there's tons of work out there and, you know, just kind of having that abundance mindset. But, you know, meeting people out there, you know, there were attorneys out there and I ended up getting a lot of referrals from people who didn't do things that I really kind of had an expertise in. I understand numbers. I understood numbers. I could do spreadsheets. I didn't want to be a tax consultant, but I understood the tax code. I understood how it worked. And that was something where I could lean on those talents. And those were things that other people couldn't do. And so a lot of times they would involve me with their clients where, where the attorney would hire me and I would just provide some expertise or outright just introduce me to the client saying, okay, you know what? You're going to be dealing with the IRS. We're going to involve Frank. You work directly with Frank. But I think it was just me committing to the notion that, you know what, I've got to lean into this and I'm most comfortable doing this. I've never done bankruptcy. So why am I going to try and do it? I don't want to deal with personal injury. I don't want to deal with divorce. I'm a business attorney. That's who I want to be. Frank, when you're, when you're having these conversations with people to help you narrow your focus and help you understand what it is you would love spending your time doing, how much of your time do you think you should spend speaking to potential referral sources versus speaking to people who might be potential clients? Well, I think early on, 
you're probably spending 95% of your time talking with these centers of influence. Because you have to remember, if there's a prospective client, they don't really want to be talking to you. Nobody wants to be sold. And so when you approach somebody and you don't know that they have a need or you, you know, if they, if they don't have a need, they're a little bit put out and they feel almost threatened by you coming in and trying to sell them something. Whereas if I'm talking to, as an attorney, if I'm talking to an accountant, for example, and talking about, you know, some of the issues that are out there and these issues change year to year, day to day, you know, with the, you know, rolling as we roll towards the end of hopefully this pandemic and the lockdown. And there's all sorts of federal programs that weren't here 18 months ago. Those are certainly topics and areas that, you know, will lend themselves well for, let's say, a young attorney or a young accountant. You know, so by me spending time with the accountant, he might know of somebody, know of one of his clients. You know, you mentioned this, Frank, I really want you to talk to my client about it because I don't think, A, they have an attorney or if they have an attorney that this has been addressed at all. You know, it might be, have to do with sales tax or a liquor license or something related to owning and managing a business, you know, employment contracts, things like that, things that touch the business. And so it's much easier to be working through and getting referrals from people than trying to talk to people directly and convince them that they need to do business with you. Right. Are there examples of experienced professionals that have become consultants that you have seen develop their business to a a sustainable level relatively quickly because they've followed certain steps? I mean, there are the stories out there, the people who had connections before they left uh, or an expertise where they were kind of stepping into uh, a vein of business that was happened to be really hot at the time. But for the most part, it's a building process. And I remember leaving the firm and talking to people on the way out, you know, the month before I was leaving, talking to other attorneys and people saying, well, you know what, you're going to want to, you know, this is going to take you a couple years to build. And my thought as they were t- sharing that with me was, well, that's what you say, but I work really hard and I'm energetic and I've got a tremendous expertise. And in reality, they were right. It doesn't matter. I mean, hard work's important, but everybody's going to be putting the hard work in. And just because you want a client or you want a relationship doesn't mean it's going to happen. It's going to take time. So for example, David, I'm meeting with a banker. Well, that banker doesn't know me they're not going to send me the best person they have right away. It's going to take some time. How long would you say a consultant can expect it to take to reach what they might consider sustainability? Well, it certainly depends upon what is considered sustainability and certainly what they're selling. And the reason I say what they're selling, and I talk about this all the time in uh, my business, Sam Spirit Business Connections, is We so desperately want people to do business with us on the big end, right? If you're a financial advisor, you want somebody to walk through the door with a million dollars and invest it with you. And that would take care of, oh, I don't know, it'd probably take care of certainly a month, maybe a whole quarter. But in reality, that's not what's going to happen. In reality, what's going to happen is somebody's going to walk through the door with $3,000 that they got from grandma's will, sharing with 20 other grandchildren right? Not a lot of money going, I need to get started investing. And all of a sudden you're meeting with the financial advisor and the financial advisor starts asking some questions and finds out that you have 
401k money or retirement money at a prior employer that you didn't realize you should have taken with you. It's yours and you ultimately get it, but you didn't realize you should take it with you. And at that point, that $3,000 that you're investing with the financial advisor all of a sudden becomes fifty, dollars $100,000 real quickly. But it really started with the $3,000. So what I encourage people to do, certainly the consulting end, find small things that you can do for clients or sell to clients. Even if it's just a, you know, maybe it's a, a 30 minute free consultation or, you know, some people try to put on these seminars and they're week long seminars and they're, and they're thousands of dollars. You know, instead of doing that, why not come up with a 90 minute workshop that you can invite a lot of people in that might only cost somebody, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks to do. People are willing to take a chance on a couple hundred dollars. They're not willing to take a chance on several thousand dollars. But with that couple hundred dollars, all of a sudden you have an opportunity to make a little bit of money, but you have an opportunity to build a relationship with that person. So that's where it might take a little longer on the front end. So you use some of these mini seminars, these little, you know, 90 minute workshops and you're building relationships and not every one of those people is going to become a big client. Most won't, but you're going to have an opportunity to expose yourself to a lot of people, but you might spend the first six months doing a lot of those things and just kind of piecemealing things together. And what ends up in time is all those little dollars add up, but those relationships add up as well. And those relationships turn into better pieces of business. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Frank, before we close out, do you want to talk a little bit about your business, Amp Spirit, and in, in particular, how it could be helpful for consultants? Yeah, what we do at Amp Spirit Business together, and, and thank you, David, what, what we do is we bring together entrepreneurs, sales reps, professionals into a weekly meeting where they learn about each other, develop relationships, and exchange referrals. So the people in the group, you they become your sales force. So they're out talking to somebody and through the process, they've learned what you're about. And all of a sudden, one of their clients or someone they're meeting with says whatever that totally lines up with what it is you do. And they can go to that particular client and say, you know what, I, I need to I need, need to introduce you to David. I'm going to have David give you a call. I think he can solve this particular problem. In which case, that person has lent their trust to you to give you an opportunity. So this is a membership-based organization. People pay fees to belong to it. It's, you know, it's a few hundred dollars a year to belong to the organization. But the big commitment is time. There's a weekly meeting and people need to attend on a regular basis for it to work. Sounds great. Well, Frank, um, before we go, if somebody wants to learn more about this or get in touch with you or access any resources you may have, where would be the best place for them to go? I have a website. It's kind of the central hub for everything Frank Agan. It's simply frankagan.com, F-R-A-N-K-A-G-I-N.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can see the books I've written. You can see my podcasts. You can find my email. I'm willing to communicate with people however they're most uh, comfortable. And I find that different people are more comfortable here or there. But that's the best place to start. Sounds great. Well, Frank, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and share your insights. My guest has been the president of Amspirit Business Connections, Frank Agan. Thank you again, Frank, for joining us. Thank you. When you visit the Going Solo website, 
You'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mention on the show. Unexpected clues often prompt questions that we pose to ourselves and that are difficult for us to answer on our own. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, answers to your burning questions, and the camaraderie of supportive collaborative colleagues. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.